I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we're talking about B Corporations. I'm pretty thrilled to talk about it. This is a a topic that I'm pretty passionate about. I don't know a ton about, so this is going to be very useful, useful conversation for us to have. Here with me is Graham Brooks and Kyle Cartwright of Sea Change Limited. Graham, Kyle, if you could both give us some insight on, on you know, how you got to where you are today, what you guys do, and you know, just a little bit of personal background. We'll start with Graham, and then we can go to Kyle. Sure. Yeah. Jack, thanks so much for having us on. We're, we're pleased to be here and always enjoy a chance to, to get on and have conversations about topics that, that Kyle and I are passionate about as well. So hopefully this will be a good uh, series. And so we're looking forward to diving in. But, you know, for both Kyle and I, you know, our, our background, and I can speak to, to my experience first, and hopefully then Kyle, you'll jump in and, and lead from there. But my background, I was born and raised right here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. I bounced around for a while, went to college down in Atlanta, Georgia, out working working in Washington, D.C., and ultimately came back to Nebraska to start co-found Sea Change. And really what Sea Change is, is a consulting firm that helps businesses identify and pursue purpose. We are really interested in helping meet businesses where they're at and find ways to really extend and expand the purpose orientation, their community impact models, their employee engagement models and practices. We find ways to, to help the business really be able to extend and expand what they're doing and their commitment beyond the, the specific original intent of the business. We want to help find ways to be able to help amplify that and really focus on that community impact model. And so that's, we founded Sea Change in, in 2018. And so we are working diligently to to make Nebraska the, the purpose-driven capital of America and uh, are really excited to be here and, and talking with you all today. Kyle, you want to you wanna jump in? Yeah, yeah. So also born and raised in Lincoln. So I went to school for music, which not a lot of people <laughs> probably end up in this line of work coming from music. But, but yeah, so did my degree in music and then found myself in nonprofit work where I've been working with philanthropic organizations, charitable organizations, and have been leading an organization for the last several years that does fund stewardship, that does fundraising, advocacy work, and then also giving away money. And in the process of working in the nonprofit industry, I've really seen the opportunity for business to really serve as a tremendous force for good, right? People have a certain capacity to give and and to make a difference, but business, because of its financial power and its ability to leverage a number of different resources, and certainly its people as well as its, its profits, the opportunity exists that is very large to make a difference for community. And I think, you know, Graham and I both share this, this passion for making the world a better place. And maybe that's a, a you know, a millennial value to some, but certainly we've, we found a lot of alignment in working towards this with businesses of all sizes, all shapes, all ages. It's been a really fun ride. Awesome. Well, no, I think whether it's a millennial thing or a whatever generational thing, it's the thing now, right? And, and I don't think, at least I hope maybe it's a little altruistic of me. I don't think that we do it because it's some looks good on my profile on Instagram. It's, it, I truly, you know, feel like we have the power to do some good, which 
do good is one of the things on your guys' website, which we can get into in a little bit. But to your point, you know, free market and business and capitalism has allowed for incredible innovation through, like you said, people and resources. And so the fact that the new generations are, we're going to have the dollars to, to vote with and the businesses are going to still need to retain our dollars. And, and in order to do that, they may need to become B corporations, right? Where they have a social impact that we see as something that we want to support. So again, this is fantastic. It you know, makes me so excited to talk about it. So let's just, let's get right into it. If you don't mind, can you help everyone understand what a B corporation is and you know, maybe some examples of, of B corporations that are out there? Yeah, yeah, you bet. So B Corporation is a third-party certification. There's a nonprofit called B Lab that's based out in Pennsylvania, just right outside of Philadelphia. And B Lab goes through and certifies business models. And those businesses that get certified are called B Corps. So similar as you would have, you know, like LEED certified green buildings or US Fair Trade, there is this entity, B Lab, that certifies business models. So really what they do is sort of lift the hood on the business and take a look at a variety of different aspects of business operations. So we're looking at governance, we're looking at, at programs for community impact, worker engagement, environmentalism. And really what happens then is, is taking a look at all of those aspects of, of the business model and then trying to begin to provide some sort of rubric to compare businesses because it's really hard to compare organizations that are in different industries. You know, some are service model based, some are going to be product based across the spectrum. And so what B-Lab is doing is creating a really interesting and robust system of metrics that are able and, and a rubric that we're able to begin to start comparing organizations together. And so, you know, while one organization may have a campaign around donating blood and another organization may have a campaign around planting trees, how do you start comparing the two? And so that's what B-Lab does and what B Corp does so well is that it starts to really provide that even footing and that even playing field from which we can start to talk about what is good business, period. And that then allows those businesses that, that go through the process to become certified B Corps. And there are a lot of organizations I think that, that people would be very familiar with out there that are that have been certified B Corps. Uh, Patagonia, Warby Parker, Tom Shoes, Whole Foods. And Jerry's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Ben and Jerry's, yeah. Ben and, ben and Jerry's, New Belgium. You know, the, the list goes on. There's about 3,500 B, B Corps in the U.S. right now. And that number is only growing. To your point, this is, I, I think, not just a fad or a, a, a temporary trend. This is going to be business in the, in the 21st century. And so we're starting to see this evolution and transition. And as more businesses come on, you know, we the, the law of diffusion, diffusion of innovation, we're getting close to that tipping point where the expectation in the future is going to be that businesses are acting in this way. You know, right. employees are going to go want to work for businesses that are that are prioritizing purpose. Consumers, to your point, are going to want to vote with their dollars and be engaged with businesses that are doing good work. There's a sense of pride that comes when you have that Patagonia label on the side of your chest because it represents sustainability. You know what the brand is. You're getting to the the more emotional and visceral aspect. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. I'm getting into it. I, I'm standing on my soapbox here. But it's, you know, <laughs> when I get talking about it, it's really exciting because it's 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 reframing and recasting what capitalism can do and what it can be. And we're here to, to try to help promote that and make sure that capitalism is being used as a force for good. 
No, absolutely. And it's just that, right? Something to be used. And I guess capitalism gets a bad rap a lot of times because it's maybe been used poorly in the past, or the point of it is to extract as much value as possible, right? In, in whatever way possible. And so again, I think, I think absolutely spot on the market is now going to determine, Hey, if you're not operating in these ways that maybe I don't want to associate myself with you. I mean, one thing I can think of, it's just kind of interesting. And a lot of times I think people are asked, expecting or hoping that companies really want to do this. Like, well, that company just, that, that company changed their logo during Gay Pride Month just because it helps their business. Well, yeah, of course it does. But also you would have never seen a company do that 50 years ago. So who cares, right? And I they're mean, bringing so awareness. Yeah. yeah, right. We... Struggle with that. I think, and maybe not so much anymore, but at the start of our business and kind of setting aside our philosophy about how and who we're going to work with, I think we, you know, we originally said we only want businesses that truly believe in this and are 100% just altruistic, right? And I think, you know, people are altruistic, but I don't, I don't know that I've come to a belief that business can be altruistic, but I, at a certain point, I don't care, right? Business has a a tremendous power and whether or not it's in the pursuit of profit or a strict pursuit of good, if there is good that comes out of an intention to create economic value, which in itself can be good if done well, then I don't care. I don't care what the the deep desire motivation is, right? And so... Yeah, I, I would just add on there, or maybe a, a little bit of a, a additive piece here. You know, I, I think one of the things that we, to Kyle's point, we do struggle with is that the the purpose and the intentionality behind doing good, right? And there is that more traditional view of corporate social responsibility. Uh, you know, when you when you see BP, you know, back in the early two thousands with their oil spill, and then you know trying to to give to environmental causes to be able to to kind of counteract the negative aspect of what they're doing. So I think we have to be careful about looking at whether or not the corporate good that's happening is simply trying to brush things under the rug, or whether or not it's actually truly trying to to move the needle or bring awareness or speak to values that exist within the organization. And, And quite frankly, that's where B Corp can come in as well, is it really helps differentiate between those that are pretending to do good work and those that are actually doing and living and breathing the values. And so I, you know, again, moving forward, this notion of business as a, or good as a force for business and business as a force for good, B Corp is going to help sort of even the playing field or provide that additional layer of competitive advantage for businesses that are doing this, that are grabbing consumer attention, that are, you know, that, that are doing the good work. This is a way to say stamp of approval. Yes, you are doing this. We have certified and acknowledged that this is, these are values and and work that that you're the purpose that you're living and breathing on a daily basis. So there is that sort of tightrope that is, is hard to, to walk, but to Kyle's point, you know, we will work with anybody. We're ready to help find ways to help build that intentionality into the business model. It's not something that... Maybe, maybe you know, not Philip Morris or like blood diamond miners, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> aside from those two, I think we're good. But in a, in a general statement, you know, it, the purpose is not a light switch. It's not something you just flip on. Uh, intentionality is not something that just happens overnight. You you have to, to, to build it and grow it and nurture it. And it takes as much effort to do that as it does thinking about profits or thinking about the financial benefits of the, of the organization as a whole. So you, finding 
a way to merge those two together is really important. And so we are here to help organizations find a way to do that. And so whether or not it's something that's already been happening within their organization, or it's just on the the, the early stages of thinking about CSR and, and corporate impact and community engagement, we're here to help organizations find ways to really extend and expand that. So to your point, you know, th they can be seen, they can be recognized as doing this good work in the community. And we want to put a, a megaphone in front of in front of their their business and, and celebrate the good work that's happening because it's out there and it's happening across Nebraska. And yeah. so we're here to try to find ways to help amplify that. Yeah, I was just going to say, Nebraska, this, this comes so naturally in Nebraska, you know, and one of the challenges we have sometimes is, you know, casting the spotlight on the businesses who are already doing good work, right? You know, community businesses, and I know Lutz works across the state and beyond. So, you know, there's these community banks or the community, you know, agricultural business is oftentimes one of the staples or the the part of the three-legged stool in town that keeps the town alive in a lot of cases. You know, there's this natural sense of interdependence and relying on each other in Nebraska that, you know, we're able to build. It's, it's really special that we're able to build our business in a place like this, but it also presents its own challenges in trying to bridge the gap between this system, uh, you know, the B Corp and the benefit corporation kind of systems that really caught their origin, I think, largely on the coasts. And so trying to translate that into a way that that really fits the narrative here in Nebraska has been a, an enjoyable challenge, I would say. Well, an image I think of is, you know, a couple of years ago with flooding that we experienced, the kind of the independent Nebraska strong mantra was, I mean, an incredible one to see. And it really, I think, sheds a lot of light on exactly what you're saying, that we're receptive to helping each other out and making sure that what we're doing is truly benefiting not only, you know, our, our pockets, but the community as a whole. So, no, that's fantastic. Now, one thing I do want to clarify, you so I've said B Corporation, but is it is it B Corp and then there's a benefit corporation or can you say B Corporation as well? It's technically B Corp. I, I caught myself okay. saying B Corporation earlier too. It's technically B Corp and then and that's the third party certification. And then there is Benefit Corporation, which okay. is a legal structure. So 30, I think it's now 37 states have passed Benefit Corporation legislation, Nebraska being one of them. And so as much as an organization could incorporate as an LLC or an S Corp or a C Corp, now in the state of Nebraska, you can incorporate your business as a Benefit Corp. Corporation. And really what that does is help embed and bake in to the very foundation of the organization purpose and intent. It's taking a stakeholder model. So no longer is it simply, you know, shareholder primacy at, at all cost. It's saying within the legal structure and within the DNA of the business, we can define who our stakeholders are. And that can be, uh, you know, the, the business and profits, but it also could be our employees or the community or the environment. We have an opportunity to really define who our stakeholders are, which allows us then to be able to basically state and say that that doing good work is within the, the scope of our business model, within the scope of work that we do. And so it really is, is that foundational cement foundation from which we can build our organization around and with this model and this purpose intent baked into the very fabric of who we are. Fantastic. Well, thanks for clearing that up just because I, I could tell... Personally, I felt that, yeah, it, it maybe needed to make a distinction between the two. But can we back up a little bit and can you help me understand a general timeline of maybe the B Corp concept and 
maybe the timeline of, of its emergence in Nebraska and maybe in conjunction with sea change. Yeah, sure. So sort of looking back and taking a history lesson here uh, as we're looking at everything, really the B Corp social enterprise movement in general, business as a force for good movement, sort of diverged from actually Milton Friedman. It was Milton Friedman was having a conversation. I think it might have even been John Mackey. We were talking John Mackey earlier today. And basically, there was this debate between them talking about what the role for business was. And John Mackey, one of the the co-founders of of B Corp and uh, one of the original organizations of Whole Foods that that went through this process, basically the the mentality was that business needed to serve a, a bigger purpose than just you know, the bottom line, the business of business is business. And he said, no, the business of business is, as we say, employing people and providing opportunity and being engaged. There's so much more to it. And so that really began to emerge this line of thinking in the 90s. And then B Corp came around, you know, I I don't have a specific year, it would have been early 2000s, started to see these organizations begin to go through the process of certification. 2014 was the first year that Nebraska had a B Corp. Firespring was the first B Corp in Nebraska. We've had three more become certified since then. Physicians Thrive up in Norfolk, Nebraska, Assurity Life Insurance here in Lincoln, and then Physicians Thrive in Omaha. And so Dacos in Norfolk, I think. Did I say Dacos? No, you said Physicians Thrive in Norfolk, but yeah. Excuse me. (laughs) Physicians Thrive in Omaha and Dacos in Norfolk, just to clarify. Awesome. Yeah. So, so we've got four now. So we're really excited and, and we're actually just launching a campaign that we, Sea Change has the intent to double that number of B Corps by the first quarter of 2022. And we intend to quadruple that number by the end of 2022. Mic drop. Yeah, right. Absolutely. No, and, and I, I gave a little fist bump when you mentioned Milton Friedman because I, I, I've always enjoyed Milton Friedman, uh, you know, watching his videos where he has debates and things like that just because I think from an economic perspective, it's a very, I don't know, black and white, logical, this is psychology and this is how it works, which then is sometimes void of the human element, right? So where there's that portion where he says business is business is business, it's like, well, wait a minute, but there's all these other, you know, aspects where that, that we have to keep in mind and you cannot... I don't know how you got to fit them into that equation some way, right? So doesn't operate in a vacuum, that's for sure. Right. Exactly. And and so it's it's neat to though to see and, and it's but again, you know, the, the the B Corp model and this the social enterprise business model doesn't ignore the role of, of business in a traditional sense, right? right? Doesn't ignore the, the need to generate profit. It's recognizing it as almost the circle, you know, that there is the good work that we do can fuel business and the business we do can fuel good work. And so the tagline for B Corp is business as a force for good. But we also like to say that it's good as a force for business. To your point, it's it's getting the brand awareness out there. It's engaging with potential consumers in a positive way. It's it's providing fulfilling, enriching experience within the, the four walls of the business or, you know, as it is today across the the interwebs, but it's you know building that within the very foundation of the organization is is competitive advantage. It you know it leads to we we love to to quote Gallup as a as a fellow uh, Nebraska organization. Yep. There's some research that Gallup has done that indicates that 
when you have a business that has, when employees have a shared sense of commitment to the mission, vision, values, that leads to higher employee engagement. Well, higher employee engagement leads to higher productivity. Well, higher productivity leads to higher profitability. And yeah. so, you know, th- this is this is not simply saying, oh, let's just, you know, let's go because this is the the bleeding bleeding hearts of the world unite. You know, that's not what this movement is about. This is about trying to find a way to make good businesses work. And what what we're seeing is that it's not only doing good for the world and doing good for the employees and the community and the environment. It's also doing really well for the businesses. They're performing extremely well. You know, when you're talking about environmentalism, it's reducing waste. Well, waste is overhead. You know, it's these perspectives and these models are not just the touchy-feely good, resting our head on the pillow, sleeping well at night types of things. These are good business decisions that are resulting in growth and in profit and in all of the things that you want to see in a business and particularly talent attraction. At some point, you should talk to Dacos in Norfolk because (laughs) they are an incredible example of an organization that is really giving back to the community. And in a pre-COVID time, when Nebraska as a whole is seeing around 2% unemployment rate, they've got a list of over 100 people in Norfolk that are ready to take a job with their organization. Because people know of the good work that they're doing. It's, you know, not only supporting the community and doing good work for the community, it's an incredible asset and an incredible opportunity for Dacos to build their business, to attract top talent, to to find ways to to grow and expand. I mean, it's it's again, I am I'm on my soapbox, but it is really important, I think, to get across that just because we're talking about all the social good things that could happen or the environmental good things that could happen, we, we still have to be focused on the on the profits of the organization. Right. Without profits, we can't exist. Right. No, I agree. And I think to pull the exact quote off of the Sea Change website, and I don't know what the Gallup statistic number was, but businesses that are able to articulate their why end up having a competitive advantage. I mean, this, you know, there, there's studies showing that, right? So, and, and to the to the idea of, I, I think back to the time my brother's in college currently, and he initially started studying environmental sciences, and he, he had a project or something. We had, a, we had a conversation where he's saying, well, people just need to recycle. I said, well, wait a minute. I mean, what's what's the time burden? What's the cost? And, and what's this other, you know, other factor for what it takes to get someone to recycle? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, you have to have a totally different service and, and this and that and the other thing. I said, well, it's the same. You got to realize until you make it more efficient or easier or lazier for someone to do, it's not going to happen, right? So in the same sense, until you make it a profitable endeavor, you can't expect businesses to want to actually drive towards social change, environmental change, et cetera. So hopefully the natural flow of things, you know, the, the new market that's emerging, which is going to include all of us, we've got kind of a different, a different, I guess, direction as to what we want to support. I, I guess I do have a, a question for you guys. I'm curious what your opinion is on it. I mean, a desire for, for good, a general desire for good, really isn't a new thing right and and so why does it seem that it's almost a new thing right in the sense of of making businesses or having businesses want to move more towards that model and i might jump in front of you and answer it might is it internet is it technology is it social media i mean why does it seem like this is now gaining traction i think it's telling the story you know business is not somehow 
totally different than it has always been. Right. But the consumer and talent pools are, you know, and so I think this movement of business as a force for good and vice versa has really come out of a need to be able to articulate this story in a really meaningful way. And also a recognition that there's ways we can continue to improve and continue to do better within this arena. Right. And those that do very well within this space actually stands to benefit from a greater attraction of the marketplace. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, no, and I, I just to just to echo what Kyle said there, you know, I think it's it's also a product of the times. As we're entering our young professional careers, have witnessed and seen several economic downturns. You know, it, it's been the twenty first century has been uh, tumultuous, if anything. And so, I think part of it too is is recognizing what got us into some of those messes in the first place, and it was the negative side of capitalism. It was the cronyism. It was corruption. It was under the table dealings. And so there is that sort of, I think capitalism at times is sort of a dirty word in your mouth. And what we're here to do, and I think what people are recognizing and trying to reframe is the notion that it's not capitalism that's wrong. It's the way that it was being used. And so I, I think that there over time and, you know, thinking back through the history, there was this sort of slip you know, that happened. I, I think that, that people do intend for business to be a force for good and people want to do good things in the world and want to leave it a better place. I think that's intrinsic to human nature. But I think that at times the profit motives got in the way and there was that slip. And so I think that there's sort of this awakening and, and re-energized perspective around what we could do if business is acting as a, as a force for good. If right. it can not only be able to grow and think about profits, but also if it can can think about it's the ripple effect that that the organization has within the community and within the role that the role that the business plays in their team members and employees' lives. You know, there's there's a great book called Everybody Matters, and it it follows the story written by a CEO of a, a company in in down in St. Louis and my mind is escaping me what the name of the company is right now. But anyway, the business down there has grown to be extremely successful. And what they do is they, they part of their metrics that they track, you know, obviously profit and revenue losses, everything, but also they're, they're talking about keeping track of the divorce rate of their employees. You know, how, what did we do to help reduce the divorce rate or how many of our employees sent kids to college this year? And so tr keeping track of things that, that are impactful into the, the lives of, of the team members on a day-to-day -day basis, recognizing that you can run the business as a family. And when you do that, that means that you've got to truly care about the employees and you got to truly care about your team members as, as yourselves. And so, you know, really finding that way to get back to that baseline of what it means to be a good neighbor, what it means to be a good partner what it means to be a family member as a whole absolutely and i think a portion of it too is you can't really get away with now don't get me wrong of course companies are getting away with things that are you know potentially dirty dealings all the time but anymore you can't right you see something go south and it's all over the place it's on the news it's on your phone it's all over social media so it's just kind of an interesting concept that now you know, I think it, it's kind of like a pendulum, like the amount of information we have is a pendulum, right? We used to have none. Now we have all of it. And, and our ability to react to it is 
you know, trying to figure out how to really handle all this information we have. And I personally certainly think that this is one of the positive sides of us having so much information at our fingertips. We can reference historical examples of capitalism being used the wrong way. We can see it currently happening and doing that, you know, things happening the wrong way. And so hopefully we can proactively stay ahead of it and really make a change for the better. Well, my, my next question, I'd like to get into a little bit more of the process of how someone can become a, a B Corp, because I know that that is really the focus of Sea Change. So if you don't mind, could you help us understand what that, that thing, we did mention B Lab a little bit and some of the, I, I actually did see B Lab before this conversation. There's a B Impact Assessment as yeah. well that I saw. So if you don't mind, can you talk us through that process? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'll, I'll maybe talk about it in the scope of kind of how sea change works with businesses, because, you know, businesses approach this from any number of different ways, whether it's starting their business with the intention of being kind of a social entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur, or to re- restructuring things and going through the B impact assessment at some point. But the, the way that we have found successful to work with businesses is in first starting with just a an alignment of the values, the mission, the vision of the company and bringing all the stakeholders together. Oftentimes, businesses have a, a fairly decent sense of why they exist outside of just making money. But what we do is kind of bring all that together, help make sure that all the stakeholders that have been defined again whether it's the the people the the community who met the customers the vendors whomever that they are all understanding that and and that the message is resonating outward not just within leadership team right and so we will typically go through what we call our strategic purpose alignment process and that's kind of a, a strategic planning it's it's values validation things like that and really what that does is it gives us a baseline of an understanding for what's the business is why, right? And then we're, we typically would take a business through the B impact assessment, which is always an illuminating process. You know, a lot of businesses that approach us already have in their mind that they are a good business and, and all of them are in their own right. But the, the B impact assessment really uh, brings to light a lot of different ways that are intriguing and compelling for businesses that get them excited and actually invigorate a deeper sense of, of wanting to commit to this type of work. And so we'll help carry a business through that process. And then essentially what you have to have is a score of 80 points. And that's between kind of two two areas of an operations score and an impact score. And we were probably deeper than we can go in the scope of the podcast today. But, you know, those those two things, you know, some businesses have really outstanding operations score and some businesses have a really outstanding impact score. I guess maybe an easy way to explain that is thinking internal, great practices internally, and then impact being great practices and impact externally. Sure. And just to, to add on to that too, you know, I, the, so that Kyle mentioned you certified B Corps get a score of, of 80. So that's out of 200 points. So, you know, if for, for those of you that can do some quick math out there, 40%. Uh, yeah, 40%. Does, it, it doesn't seem like a very high bar, but I, I will, I will tell you that, that, you know, the, the higher you get within your score, the harder it is to get 
that next higher level, right? Like the, there's a lot of low hanging fruit that, that, that is easy to, to get implemented at, a, at an initial level. But as a, you get further and deeper into the system and the process, you know, we're talking about programmatic changes or uh, legal structure changes. And so some of the things, not, and again, not to scare people away from this, you know, you, you've got to be prepared. You've got to be able to, you know, commit to this and make sure and that's that where we something, can commit. <laughs> something that you want to do. And that's right. exactly right. We're here to help take sort of the, the scariness uh, of the on the surface away and find ways to help lift, help do some of that work, that legwork to be able to push down that path. And so, you know, you go through this, this really robust, the B impact assessment is an assessment that's, I don't know, Kyle, 300, 400 questions. It's, it's responsive. So it's different for everybody. It's, it's really a comprehensive, smart assessment. Yeah. And so, you know, that can be daunting, but in the same breath, we're here to help make the process as easy and as painless as possible. We've gone through the assessment countless times. And so we're at a, at a point where we can help take away some of that mysticism that, that is that kind of shrouds uh, the B impact assessment at first glance. Yeah. Is there a real benefit to going above that 80 score, 80 out of 200 score? I mean, you, know, you get to 80 and you become a B Corp and then it's like, oh, great, but, but I got 120. Does that... Where do I see that, right? I mean... Your question is perfect for what I kind of wanted to add there is that, you know, the reason there's 200 points is because there's a thousand and one, probably more ways to do good and to express purpose as a business, right? And so the reason it only takes 80 is because you you want to do particularly well in one or maybe two areas of the assessment. There's five areas of the assessment, governance, workers, community, environmental impact, and customers. Did I catch them all there, Graham? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and yes, to, to answer your question, there there is some benefit there, and it's largely related to kind of marketing campaign on B-Labs behalf. They add, you know, you get the seal, right? That's that's one of the, the benefits because especially for product-based businesses, but also for service-based right. businesses and business-to-business businesses. <laughs> it's a signal to to the world and to the community, to the to other your potential clients that we are committed to doing good. And a lot of businesses are wanting to work and a lot of consumers are wanting to work with those businesses. Go go ahead, Graham. And the and the top 10% of businesses within each of those categories. So governance, employees, environment, workers, Customers. Customers, thank you. In each of those five categories. So top five, top 10% in each of those five get recognized as best for the world. And so best for the world in those specific categories. And then there is best for the world overall, which means that you had a top 10% score of the assessment overall. So there is reason to continue to push. You know, I think that's what you're you're touching on here is an important point that sort of is is the difference between a traditional corporate social responsibility model and what we're talking about working on is that it's a never-ending journey. Just as as personal development or professional development, there's always more that you can be doing. There's always more to learn and more to grow. And so again, as you as you think about some of those companies that we gave examples from earlier of, of Ben and Jerry's, Warby Parker, Patagonia, they would all be the first ones to say, our journey's not done. We need to find ways that we can... Still learning. Exactly. We need to find ways that we can still further expand our impact for Patagonia on environmentalism, you know, finding ways to continue to engage their employees, uh, encouraging people to go out and explore the outdoors, having sustainable procurement and production processes. And so that's sort of where this conversation 
gets turned on its head a little bit because we're saying, you know, corp, general traditional corporate social responsibility, writing the check and sending it off and, you know, putting it in the quarterly report and brushing your hands and saying, good work. That model has worked, but it's, it's evolving. And what these businesses are saying is we need to, we need to evolve this to be something that we live and breathe and are thinking about every single day. And so as a part of that, this is a, this is a recognition that this is a continued journey, that there's not a finish line, that there's no end point, that the 80 points is intended to be a great celebratory moment, but there's more good work that needs to be done. And there's more that organizations and businesses can do to be productive and positive role models and impacts on our community and our world. And so it's also the sort of that acknowledgement of, all right, buckle up again, like this is not something that changes overnight. This is got to be a a process that you're committed to. And if you commit to it, then you also will be recognized if you are a part of that top 10% within one of those specific categories or overall. So there's, there's additional recognition and additional fanfare that comes with it. But I think also in the same breath that a lot of these organizations are not in it necessarily for that fanfare recognition. They're doing it just because A, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do, but also B, it's good business. To your point earlier about it become you know really starting as a, as a, in the foundation of a, of a business's core values. If you make those those, I guess the scrutiny of how to get beyond that eighty score a lot more difficult. It forces you to really, like you said, embed it into the true meaning of what your company is or what your business is. So I think I mean it, it's a it's a it's a great model, right? It's 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 following the capitalism model, right? We, it's a battle for the top. It's a race to the top. And it's just that the direction is a good one, hopefully, right? I mean, I hope it doesn't, I hope people don't find a way to turn it into something bad like we always do. <laughs> I, I know, we're, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed for that too. We're, we're, we're staying on the optimistic side. Silver linings abound. Yeah, yeah, well, and it's important to mention on that that very point, you know, the governance structure of B Lab is a nonprofit. You know, they they don't have a profit motivation, and I think that's a really positive element of that certifying body being, you know, a publicly supported, publicly being you know, citizens and an earned re- revenue model, a publicly supported organization. All right. Absolutely. Well, hey, listen, it's it's already been almost fifty minutes <laughs> talking about this for. 30 or 40 minutes. Do you have any topics that you really wanted to discuss today or get out there to everyone that we didn't get a chance to touch on? I would just reiterate our, our initiative here to, to make Nebraska the, the purpose-driven capital of America. We we are really excited about being founded and, and operating right here in the state. We recognize the incredible great work that so many businesses, including lots, do on a, on, a, uh, on a daily basis to help support and make our community a stronger, better place to live, work, and play. And we're really excited to, to be launching this campaign to double the number of B Corps by the first part of 2022 and planning to quadruple that number by the end of 2022. And so, um, you know, we would, I guess, leave, leave you with a, with a call to action that for any of your listeners out there that that are either moved or inspired by this and wanting to find ways to to be able to to really activate and move their organization down the path to purpose or pursue B Corp certification, you know, give us a call. We're we're always happy to help. We fundamentally believe that the rising tide lifts all ships and are here to to make Nebraska, the Midwest and the rest of the world a, a better place to to live. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and you can I was just going to say you can reach us on our website cchangeltd that's ltd as in limited, dot com, and you can reach Graham Graham PB G R H G R A H 
AM PB as in peanut butter at cchangeltd.com and myself, Kyle, Kyle C K Y L E C at cchangeltd.com. And that's uh, S E A C like the ocean sea change. Yes, sir. You guys also have a podcast, correct? Oh yeah, that's right. Thanks for, thanks for mentioning it. I, I told you ahead of the, the, <laughs> the call here that I wanted to mention that and I totally spaced it. So thanks, thanks for that, that shout out. Yeah, we started a podcast, did most of the recording in 2020 and just launched early part of this year. It's called the stream of conscience podcast. And kind of the spiel spiel on that is we want to elevate the, the conversation around social enterprise and businesses acting as a force for good and highlighting the stories of the pioneers of purpose, what we've coined the pioneers of purpose here in the Midwest. And all of this, of course, is in the same vein of wanting to make the Midwest the uh, the purpose-driven capital of America. So That's fantastic. Well, You can find us on all your, your favorite podcast fixes. So. Spotify, Apple, all the goods. Um, all the good well, stuff. thank you guys so much. I... Again, I'll be I'll be trying I'll be following you guys and, and hopefully seeing the success and I hope we can do this again. I really appreciated it. I, like I said, I could I could do this for hours. So good to talk yeah, to likewise. you. Good to meet <laughs> to you and good to meet you and, and hope you guys have a good one. You too. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks a lot. Yep. See ya. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.